Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning. Of course, it just depends on what part of the world you are listening. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is Thursday, September 17th already. <laughs> Did I say that? I, I, that came out a little high. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, the 17th of September, yes, it is rolling Fast. Well, we got like 100 days left before the end of the year, just about. My goodness. It's about as, about as fast as the water going down the toilet. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, welcome, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Will Green. I remember I used to. Broadcasting from the City of Wind, from Chicago area. How y'all doing out there? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, new season, new platform, uh, coming off of a long hiatus. The Greenhouse Effect is back. Uh, trying a new platform, trying something new tonight as well. Uh, but in our previous shows and discussions, um, and the whole purpose of the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show here, uh, one of the things is in encouraging wellness, 
um, mentally, spiritually, physically, you know, uh, as well as uh, Wednesday nights on Dysfunctional by Design. I co-host with my dad, Bill Green. I think he's already, already chimed, already in, listening in. What's up, Daddy? Uh, but encouraging wellness here on the Greenhouse of Faith Radio Show. And one of the things we also uh, do, and we like to remind and nudge elbow or emphasize, is to grab a pen and paper, crayon and pad, a pencil and a post-it, whatever you got. Uh, you may have some questions. You may have some thoughts. Um, I don't want you to forget them. It might be beneficial for yourself. It might be beneficial for us if you want to share them. But, uh, you know, look around and grab yourself in just in case. Uh, we do use a, okay, so it seems that I might be a little, uh, Echoey or noisy, I'm not sure. Just yeah, Daniel just chimed in and said it might be a little echoey. So I am not sure. You know, last night uh, I was having some tech issues as well. Uh, so I'm not surprised that it might be some tonight. Um, <laughs> I was going to try something else tonight. I'm like, no, I do not want to take that chance. It's, uh, you know, sometimes you got to take real small steps. But it's all good. I mean, uh, hopefully it'll clear up. I can take a uh, break in just a second. But, again, I wanted for, to remind everyone to, uh, you know what, let me try this. Hope this helps some. Um, just want to remind everybody to grab a pen and pad or something like that. Um, as much as I may try to share information, you may have information to share with us as well. So, again, thank you. Um, but yeah, the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show here. Um, oh no, it's all good. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate it. Um, and we're growing and building, you know, um, trying to improve our way of life uh, as well as for ourselves and for our future generation. Um, I, I felt the need to uh, just kind of introduce the show again, and um, you know, working on format, working on materials. Uh, this is quite a journey. Uh, me and my dad be on doing this stuff here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, but, you know, this is why the Greenhouse Effect radio show exists. This is why the title, Greenhouse Effect, in order for us to grow, we have to work together, you know. Um, and, you know, we've been talking about problems and solutions. You know, the first episode that came on, uh, we're going to talk about solutions. <laughs> it's always funny when I think about that. You guys have to go back and check out the archives. Um, uh, and uh, to to go back and listen to uh, episode 301, that was our first uh, first show this new season. Um, hmm. We got to talk about problems and solutions. <laughs> Forget the problems. Let's just talk about solutions. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, you know what? I'm going to try to change something up here. Well, you know what? Uh, but before I do that, I'm I'm a little distracted. Sorry about that because uh, 
like I said, I'm getting word that you may not be hearing me well. So if you are in the chat room, if you are listening online, if you are listening online, you can log in to Blog Talk Radio, hit the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show, follow the page, of course, and jump in our chat room. Um, or if you're listening on the phone, um, let me know as well if you have a test number. If you are listening online and do want to call in, we do have a number for you to call in. That number is 516-453-6094, So problems and solutions, right? Problems and solutions. So, so far, you know, like I say, we've looked at some things you know, I'm very happy with. How things have been going these last, what is it now, eight, nine, ten weeks or so? Something like that. Yeah, what, the end of July, August, September. So, man, we're just moseying right on along. And, uh, you know, we talked about a few things, um, developing healthier relationships and uh, finding strength and resilience from within. That was that was pretty deep. And the, the power of words, uh, you know, we use metaphors and um, such as riding the wave of life, you know, keeping that balance. Uh, but tonight, I, I wanted to try a different approach. So I hope you all bear with me here. Um, get some St. John Ward if you got If you can't take that, uh, I don't know. Uh, get some chamomile. Don't fall asleep, though. Because I, I want to I address some problems that I think that we have. And I'm just going to say, uh, well, in our lower income households, even middle income, if there's even such a thing now as far as middle class, uh, oh, okay. So the microphone's probably very sensitive, and I just probably need to adjust it. So we'll work on that, ladies and gentlemen. And so these are just some of the obstacles here we have on. <laughs> to create a effect radio show as we address issues that exist and problems in our own community. Uh, sometimes we got to work on the smaller problems, get to the bigger problems, right? <laughs> well, we'll get it done. So, uh, but tonight I wanted to try something different and um, identify and talk about something that really I don't have um, personal, well, I can't say that either, but that I don't have a lot of book smarts, if you will. Um, and tonight, we're addressing the topic of wealth, and if you will, wealth in America. What does that mean? So a lot of a lot of things to go into as far as wealth is concerned. I don't expect us to. Uh, to get into the subject matter and come up with uh, any agreements or any solutions or anything tonight. I know that it is a, it's a quandary, if you will, of different problems and issues. Um, so, uh, but this is an attempt here to, to talk about and share some things as, as I'm learning as well. Last week, uh, I made reference to that. I was going through a new journey of, uh, improving my financial education, you know, and, and I've been saving money here and there. Um, 
am starting to learn about investing, like stocks and all that stuff. Um, so in this journey, I want to share it with you all as well. And hopefully, as I learn things, you learn things, and there might be things that you know that, of course, I would love for you to share with me and with the audience as well. So, again, the chat room is open. I used to be able to, I'm sorry about that, I used to be able to multitask and navigate on Facebook as well, but uh, (laughs) we're not going to do that. It seems I better stay focused on what we have here. I still do have some other ideas as far as Facebook is concerned. That's another time for another day. Um, so, you know, money and money's always been a challenge, right? In our, um, in our communities, understanding how to keep it, how to grow it, how to make it work for us. Right. Um, just last night, actually on dysfunctional by design with my dad, one of the things, well, um, a group of things that, that was mentioned was some of the constant problems that we've had in our communities or uh, what did I say, understanding it or making it work for us. Um, Police, politics and politicians and economics. You know, um, and in looking at economics, I thought it'd be good to uh, bring that up tonight. You know, and so just kind of dive right into the subject matter, money, economics, wealth, wealth in America. And, of course, we'll have numbers uh, before COVID. But one of the things that we've always talked about here on the Greenhouse Effect Show is what are we doing now that we're in the middle of this uh, epidemic? What are we going to do later on? What are we doing to adapt it? Um, you know, what are we doing after? And and what does it look like, or what can it look like? Um, so that's just uh, you know the the reasoning with tonight's show. Uh, I didn't really expect to give this log of a, sh- a spiel, if you will, but um, I'm excited about it. Um, and so hopefully you are too. And like I said, as well as much as I want to learn things, I hope that you'll learn things as well. You know, saying, well, sure, amongst the the class. (laughs) But it's not really a class, so don't be like, oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) how y'all doing out there? How y'all doing tonight? Um, I hope everybody is well. Um, I know things are difficult uh, as they've been anyway. And uh, just hope everybody's well, you know. You know, I was, uh, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, ooh, sorry about that. Um, this is uh, Hispanic Heritage Month that started on the 15th. It starts from September 15th to October 15th. Yesterday was the Mexican Independence Day, Viva Mexico. Um, but, yeah, you know, take some time to learn about Hispanic Heritage Month. I just wanted to throw that out there. But I also wanted to throw it out there because I just saw the um, that trailer for uh, that Fred Hampton movie that's, uh, I guess, it's coming out, like, next year. Um, and I keep forgetting 
I, I get it switched up. I think it's Judas and the Black Messiah, or is it the Black Messiah and Judas, or is it the Messiah and the Black Judas? I think it's Judas and the Black <laughs> Messiah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that looks that trailer looks really good. I don't know if any if you all have seen it yet. If you haven't, check it out. Um, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the brother's name that's playing Fred Hampton, but the one that was uh, in Get Out uh, and uh, was that Queen and Slim. I still haven't seen Queen and Slim. Man, I still haven't seen that. But uh, that made me, you know, the the whole thing with Hispanic Heritage Month and, and Fred Hampton. You know, they said that he was uh, one of the reasons he was assassinated. Uh, was he was trying to bring black and brown together, you know, the African and the Hispanics together, the original Rainbow Coalition. That would be cool. Anyway, I'm not going to get into the whole, uh, but it just made me think about that. And I was just wondering if anybody's seen that trailer. And if you haven't seen it, check it out. Yeah. Oh, um, I need a favor. If anybody knows where I can find some rubbing alcohol or witch hazel, I would appreciate it. So I, I see like it's either either the alcohol and witch hazel go short or the toilet paper uh, and slash or paper towels go short. You know, you can't get both at the store. It's like one or the other. Is that is that how we're rolling? Is that is that how we do it? Are we still using uh, rubbing alcohol which hazel to make uh, hand sanitizer. I, I just, at least, you know, I, I like switch hazel. Cleaning up this crib, you know, it's getting warm. Spiders don't be playing. <laughs> so if somebody could do me that favor, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> Let me know where I can find some, please. I appreciate you. Um so, yeah, so it's a nice topic again, uh, examining uh, disparities with economics uh, within our cultures. Uh, tonight we'll be talking about Horus. Uh, I think I'm going to wrap up the comedic deity spotlight um, at this episode and probably revamp it. So the comedic deity spotlight uh, is something that I started with this season and uh, I like to just begin the show talking about or introducing uh, a comedic or ancient Egyptian deity. So tonight we're talking about Horus or Heru. Um, but but before we 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 get into that, uh, I I was tripping on on the uh, well, dude. You know we don't really the name you don't say. You know DT, if you will. Uh, had his pep, uh, not pep rally, I'm sorry, his town hall Thursday, Tuesday in uh, Philly. <laughs> I, uh, oh man, CNN uh, said like 22, was it 22 uh, incorrect statements or something like that. You know, if you pull up fact checks, it's like, yeah, 22 incorrect. Uh, Things that he stated um, in the town hall Tuesday. So I, I um, 
did not watch it, so I had to, you know, follow back and catch the replays and read all the different articles. Yeah, 22 false and misleading claims. Man, it's like a drinking game. <laughs> Let's see how many, uh, how many things he can tell false this time and drink up. It's crazy. Um, but and all those things, and I, I thought about. I was like, no, nobody wants to hear twenty, all twenty-two. So, if you're curious about how many or exactly what they all are, check it out yourself. CNN has the list of everything. But there are a couple of things I thought was interesting uh, as far as healthcare claims, and as we're dealing with COVID, we're dealing with this epidemic that we're in, uh, dealing with. Um, again, the situation of this epidemic of COVID. Um, I still think it's important to know the things that, that they, I'm throwing up those two figures again, they, that they say and they don't say. You know, we're still dealing with like a six and a half million cases worldwide, um, almost 30 um, million. I believe here in the United States, I'm sorry, well, 30 million worldwide, right? 6.5 million U.S. I'm sorry, 6.5 million U.S. 30 million worldwide. But you know, then of course we got to remember that there are 20 million that have recovered worldwide out of that 30 million. Um, that's the number they don't always talk about. Um, but still, dealing with this and looking at all these jokers is really interesting. To, to see and hear the things they say or what they don't say. And maybe, again, that's that conspiracy theorist, conspiracy theorist thing or whatever that's, that's on my other shoulder. I don't know. Um, but I just think it's good to study. You know, in any strategy, in any conflict, it's good to study the uh, opponent, right? The oppressor or the oppressor or the adversary. <laughs> So one of the things Trump said was that it would go away without a vaccine. Hmm. Yeah. Um, interesting. Over a period of time. Right. Uh, claims that he'll keep pre-existing conditions protected. Uh, and I was like, what does that mean? Um, people with pre-existing conditions, they're still covered by the Affordable Care Act, Right. Uh, you know, Obamacare, but we don't want to call it Obamacare. <laughs> you don't want to overturn Obamacare. Uh, just ask the uh, Supreme Court in June uh, to overturn Obamacare. Um, something about that, if I remember correctly, the individual mandate is unconstitutional or something like that, and, you know, which includes preconditioning protections. He said that in June um, and should be struck down. So, I mean, it's interesting how they uh, just change it up as they go along. You know, check out herd mentality. Um, I didn't get a chance to double back on exactly what the herd mentality means, but he says a herd mentality will help get rid of the virus. Um, I remember hearing that part. I'm like, what is that? I I didn't get a chance to uh, go back and uh, listen to that. So it's just, you know, did you all see the video of uh, 
these people making a scene in the store, like, no mask. We're still on this whole no mask thing. Masks are no good. Masks are no good. It's, uh, yeah. So, anyway, I, I just wanted to share. I just thought it was really uh, kind of comical. Um, this town hall he had you know, got checked a little bit. I know it was rough for him. I'm surprised the, the makeup wasn't running on the shirt. That's some good makeup, right? Meanwhile, politicians blaming each other, um, going back and forth, back and forth. Hurt mentality has to do with so many people getting infected that a natural immunity will evolve. Ah, aha, right? Yeah, these these are a lot of things he said a month ago, um, but. You know, again, they just had it Tuesday, and uh, he said it again. And again, I just think it's very, uh, it's sad and entertaining in a sad way. I guess it's kind of a dark comedy, if you will. I don't know. You know, but then, uh, you know, then you got your boy, William Barr, uh, you know, talking about the coronavirus lockdown and stuff greatest intrusion on civil liberties other than slavery in U.S. history. (laughs) Oh, man. The greatest intrusion on civil liberties other than slavery. Here we go with that again. What was that Paul Mooney said? Um, Something about uh, everybody want to be a black person, but nobody want to be a black person, something like that. And uh, he didn't say black person. He used another term. But, uh, so, you know, it's things like that that uh, I normally kind of get under our skin sometimes and get us upset. gets me upset, but it's good to know uh, what's going on in the world today. So I'm going to take a quick break here. I'm going to give you about a minute or two and see if I can adjust the sound level. Um, we're about, yeah, we're about 30 minutes into the show. It's perfect timing. So yeah, just give me a couple minutes here. If you need to grab a couple things, cool. We'll be right back in, um, about a minute 30.
check. I don't know. Mic check. One, two. Can anybody hear me? I am not sure. September 17th, Thursday, it is 7.35 p.m. All right. Thank you. Send me a message. Says you can hear me. So, oh, here we go again. I wish I had that on the uh, soundbite. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I'll play it this way then. So I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, everybody. I uh, had some tech issues here, so hopefully you can hear me okay. Hopefully you can hear me better. Um, so where was I? I was introducing Heru or Horace, um, just giving a, a slight introduction to what we've been doing on the Greenhouse Effect radio show. Uh, I like to introduce a comedic or African deity, uh, ancient Egyptian deity, and hopefully – it was not the intention. The intention was not to uh, speak about a deity, a god or goddess. Uh, there was okay, okay. No, that's not true. It was some relation to the subject matter, but when picking the picking them, you know, originally that was not the the intention. But it just worked out that way. It was really awesome. So we talked about thought. Uh, and the power of words. We talked about Hathor. Uh, we talked about Heka and magic and Osiris and Isis. Um, we talked about Shekmet. And actually, Shekmet uh, was mentioned in the Black Panther, uh, which was pretty cool. And I, I need to see, I meant to look up and see if the other deity, the, the Panther deity, Bast. Um, I've been meaning to look that up and follow up on that too. But um, I think that as a, I think it's important to know uh, history. Uh, I, I made a post on social media, and I, I make a lot of posts on social media that gets the, gets the crowd going, and I, I love it because it, it evokes dialogue, you know, thought, and um, which is again one of the things we try to do here on the show, Wednesdays and Thursdays on Belal Talk Radio, um, and so I, I just thought it was important to introduce. Um, these guys and goddesses, and if hopefully, and if hopefully there's some relationship to the subject matter or what you get out of it is relatable, then awesome, you know. But uh, so tonight, I, I was talking. I wanted to just very again briefly mention Horus or Heru. We've talked about Osiris and Isis and Set uh, in the previous show, um, and Horus is the son of Osiris and Iris. The nephew, if you will, of Set, who was the brother of Osiris. Um, and a lot of you have, have seen the symbol of Horus or Heru, excuse me, with the eye, the eye of Horus. And it's, you know, it's uh, usually identified as a symbol of prosperity and protection. Um, and so being that symbol of prosperity and protection, I just thought it was good just to mention Heru or Horus tonight. Um, a lot of you are probably familiar with the story of Osiris and Isis and said, you know, it is one of the most recognized stories um, 
of an ancient Kemet and it's probably been used, um, of course, in Greek mythology and uh, other in Catholicism, I believe, as well. Um, but here is this eternal fight, you know, with uh, good and evil, uh, the virtuous, the sinful, the punishment, you know, and all these things. <laughs> um, could have been a good movie, but they whitewashed it, you know, a couple of times. But, yeah, that's Hollywood. Um, so Set, the brother tricked, you know, if you're not familiar with it, Set tricked and murdered his brother Osiris and caused disorder and chaos throughout the land, right? Um, and um, basically Horus was the son, and uh, he was protected by Isis, and he came up to avenge his, his dad, Osiris, and fought Set, and eventually beat Set and um, brought order back to, to Kemet, back to Egypt. So that's the real short, 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 short version. Um but it's a you know it's a great metaphor if you will for the battle of of good and evil. And in the battle, uh, Horus had lost the eye, and that's where the eye comes about as far as its symbolism. Uh, it was restored by uh, it was either it was either restored by Hathor, H A T H O R, or by Thoth, T H O. Um, but um, it's that re- restoration. That caused it to be a symbol. So it, it you know, it, it's it's looked at as a, as many symbols. Uh, but again, prosperity, protection, uh, properties of, of of healing and making whole also. Um, like I believe that's the left eye, and with the left eye, it has a uh, connection. What they say with the moon, you know, just like when we sleep at night, our bodies are healing, um, and so that's that. Symbolism, the property of making whole, the property of healing. Uh, one of the things in our community as we try to heal with so many different um, stress disorders, uh, I think economics being one of them. What did we mention earlier? Uh, police politics and economics, right? Those are some serious stress disorders. <laughs> so, you know, as we deal with uh, this one stress disorder in our communities of, of uh, economics, um, I wanted to talk about and just briefly introduce Horace, um, and hopefully that um, even though I don't uh, have a symbol, literally, I hope that figuratively through this show that um, the symbolisms can help us, um, you know, to you know be blessed with some extra prosperity and protection, you know, and and so that's what you know and and also with you know with healing as well because we always need that again as we talk about adapting and dealing with things with our mental our spirit and uh physical and trying to find that balance so i hope that this kind of symbolizes if you will i hope that this helps you all i hope this kind of blesses you if you will kind of like matrix matrix like sending it out through the lines if you will but then i had to double the line well, but anyway it's cuz Talk on technology. <laughs> I'm getting sidetracked. So that was the initial reason why I wanted to bring out Hey Rose. And just to introduce him tonight again, um, symbol of prosperity and protection. Um, so tonight, you know, we, we wanted to just get into a little bit of wealth. And again, the phone lines are open. Uh, so, you know, in this kind of show, what I would really uh, like us to eventually share 
Um, it's opportunities, um, how to make money work for us. That's the whole thing we're looking at, right? How do we make money work for us? One of the other things that um, we're, that I'm going to get into, which is actually one of the reasons why we brought the show up, and, again, you all can chime in. I see some of you in the chat rooms and stuff. Um, uh, from a post that I made last week on social media as well, um, and, and I'll get into that in a second. Um, well, actually, I won't. So I made this post last week. Um, and I was mentioning, oh, this was, this was uh, Thursday night. It was either Thursday night or Friday morning, right, right after the first game where the football game, right after the first football game and the crowd boos the people, you know, for a moment of silence, of unity, and the crowd's like, yeah, forget that, blah, blah, blah. Um, I know you all have heard it, you know, and people have talked about it. And and it and it just, it, it, it I guess it, it brought up some all kind of, of emotions I have about the NFL. And, um, you know, I haven't really watched football. I mean, like, sat down like I used to watch it. I don't know, maybe maybe four or five years or something like that. I think Ray Rice happened. I don't remember. But it was like around then with the whole Ray Rice incident and how they handled domestic violence. I just kind of lost the taste for it. I mean, I used to be in the leagues, the fantasy leagues, you know what I'm saying? And I love my Bears, don't get me wrong. I, I love I love my Bears. I don't care who's the quarterback. <laughs> I don't care who's the quarterback, you know what I'm saying? But um, I made this post, and, I, you know, I was talking about how we support something like the NFL, but they don't support us. And it prompts some questions from some listeners that are that are listening in right now. Um, you know, like how exactly should they support the black communities? I was thinking about how much money we spend. Um, you know, how just African Americans spend over a trillion dollars, right? And I think minorities together, we we spend and, and minority. You know, as much as we really don't like that word, I, I'm going to use it in this context. Um, you know, we're talking about Native Americans, Black Americans, Hispanics, Asian Americans. You know, we're you know the four. Um, I'm sorry, four four trillion, three point nine trillion dollars. You know, um, that's a lot of money. Um, and so I, I was just like, man, you know, this not a lot of support for our communities, you know, we do all this spending. And the NFL just happened to be a part of of my whole rant, if you will. But um, I just thought it would be ideal for us to look at wealth and figure out ways that we can make it work for us. Um, and so, like I said, I know that this won't, uh, all be come to pass in just one night. I expect this to continue for a while. Actually, I hope that this conversation continues for a while. We can make a great series of about it, uh, provide resources for each other, and uh, maybe even possible networking opportunities and partnerships and all that stuff as well. So, you know, I mentioned the uh, town hall earlier with uh, your boy DT's uh, down <laughs> DT's town hall in Philly uh, on Tuesday. And the uh, the host, um, uh, uh, Stephanopoulos, something like that, um, said that 
um, you know, people at the top of the economic ladder uh, who own stock are doing well. And Dude interrupted, you know, interjected or interrupted, and he was like, stocks are owned by everybody. But, you know, they're not, you know. Um, and so just, you know, we're going to be giving out numbers too tonight and things like just to understand some context here as far as money, right? So in a poll from March and April, the uh, Gallup poll, like 55% of American adults um, own stock, 55% of Americans. I'm not even going to get into the number of, of African Americans yet, but just 55%, which is the same number as last year. And the wealthy, quote unquote, the wealthy um, have long, you know, they've owned stock for a long time, you know, more than people in uh, lower income groups, of course. And I think we all know this. Um, we've seen a lot of articles. We've got a lot of those inboxes and phone um, about different financial opportunities. Um, and I'm not going to put them on blast. A lot of them you know what it is. Um, but some of them are uh, investments for a quick turnaround. And, you know, if it works for you and your family, then great, awesome. But um, there are some things that's been around, um, well, things that aren't just, you know, quick, uh, things that we don't really, I don't think, have a lot of access to. We just don't have the right knowledge. A lot of us have the knowledge but don't know what to do with it. So last week I've been, um, since starting last week, I was looking at investing. You know, um, I've been having some money put to the side um, as far as savings and stuff like that. And so I've begun this new journey in learning about stocks and investing and stuff like that. Um, and so, again, as I mentioned earlier, um, I'm on this journey to share with you, and hopefully we can talk about these things, and, again, we can grow the network, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, I think I feel like I kind of got sidetracked a little bit as far as what the uh, – well, I was talking about that post with football. <laughs> oh, it was sports and spending. Oh, because of spending and things like that, because of how we're spending in the black community. And, uh, you know, like, well, what are they doing now? So actually, since I mentioned it, um, you know, I do know that since that time, the NBA and the NFL, you know, they've made, made these pledges, um, like the NBA, what are they supporting, uh, giving like $300 million for like 10 years, and I think the NFL is doing $250 million for another 10 years. And so, you know, they, they I see that they're doing stuff now, so for those of you that was asking me uh, in this post that responded, you know, like, what did I want to see? I, I thought that was a good question. Um, and I did mention uh, just support for for them being activists, if you will, even for them just wanting to take a knee. Because remember, remember, they were getting persecuted just for taking a knee, right? They were getting persecuted for not wanting to even come out. It's like, okay, I won't even take a knee. I'll just sit in the back. And they were getting still had to deal with that. You know, they couldn't say too much, and I say they. I'm talking about the players couldn't say much. They couldn't say that much here and there. I mean, you compare it to the NBA. The NBA's wearing T-shirts. They got Black Lives Matters on the court. Trump's like, it's disgusting. You know, the NFL won't do it. A lot of NFL owners are Trump supporters, you know. So, I mean, it's pretty easy to see, you know, that they were having some hard times expressing themselves. 
And I think that was what I was really looking for for the NFL to support players like the NBA was doing. Um, and even though taking a knee may seem real, um, I don't know, simple? I don't know. I'm not sure what the term is I want to use, but um, I think just allowing them to make that statement of their own free will is, is more powerful um, with, it's, you know, than just monetary values because these players are role models, right? So, you know. So the NBA, they got the $300 million for 10 years. Um, like, I, you know, so I had to do my research. I didn't really know about this. If you didn't know, um, NBA teams will each provide a million dollars annually over the next 10 years. Um, so they'll work on, like, skills training, mentoring, mentoring programs, mentorships, employment opportunities, um, uh, also providing access and support for um, from people from high school all the way to career-ready age, you know, high school, college, and even those older, you know, and helping other people to, you know, get better access and support for employment and skills and stuff like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, the NFL is working well. The NFL gave this report, uh, you know, they will address uh, criminal justice reform, police reform, uh, economic and educational advancement, you know, and, and all these other things to help foster unity, which is cool. So they all have their statements. They've all made made their pledges, um, which is awesome. So hopefully, you know, they can try to foster some unity, as they say. I'm just a little surprised, too, man. It just kind of pissed me off that these guys was doing, doing a moment of silence. You know, I mean, tech, I mean, come on, man. Technology nowadays, they could have just uh, went silent. They didn't even have to play what was playing in the stands. You know, <laughs> it's as far as if you listen to it <laughs> on TV, you know, um, even though it was a sad situation. You know, maybe just for my benefit because I'm the one that got triggered, right? <laughs> but Goodell did admit, though, he did admit that the league did not do enough to support the players who wanted to be outspoken with their social activism. So, you know, he, he, he did mention that. And so he did own up, if you will, that they didn't really support the players. And that's all I was saying. I just wanted them to support the players, to allow them to make the statements that they wanted to make without having to reap all the consequences, if you will, of fines and stuff like that. But the NFL is so tricky anyway. You know, they got all these things that they're uh, – Pledging, and I wonder how much of that will come out of the players' pockets. Man, I don't trust the NFL, man. The NFL is tricky like that. I'm, I, at least to me, it seems that way. Maybe I've watched too many episodes of Baller, Ballers on HBO or something like that. But uh, <laughs> it's a strange, strange times, man. But that's wealth in America, though, right? Wealth in America, according to the Webster Dictionary. <laughs> I'm just playing. I don't think I'm going to read you the Webster Dictionary. Um, you know, there's there's so many different definitions of of wealth and 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 success, right? We, you know, I mean, we okay, you know, we can pull out the Webster term. You know, wealth is an abundance of valuable possessions or money, state of being rich. <laughs> you know, but we know that there's more than just 
that. Um, you know, for some of us, it can be uh, owning a home, you know, or having a business or both. Uh, um, you know, helping your kids get to um, getting past high school, getting to a post-secondary education, two or four-year college or something like that, or, you know, um, some people, you know, 50's coming up for me soon. I got to be thinking about retirement, you know. I mean, have I even worked on that? You know, but even for some people, it's, uh, you know, just keeping up with the latest trends, right? Just staying with the quote-unquote with the Joneses and stuff like that. And for others, it's good credit. I'm really happy for the last couple of years. I got my credit up. You know what I'm saying? I'm knocking on seven. <laughs> I remember I had no idea what that meant. I'm a 650. What is that? What are you talking about? You're a 650. But um, for others, you know, wealth and successes, um, man, just making sure your bills and expenses are paid on top, you know, just making sure you ain't got nobody calling and knocking on the door, right, you know. But I I do ask you this. I want to ask you this. You know, I, I mentioned earlier about, you know, getting a pen and pad handy or having something together, uh, something for you to consider. And you ain't got to do it all tonight, but, you know, we're talking about wealth and things like that. What's your definition of wealth? You know, just take a second and, and just make, your, make yourself a note real quick. What is my definition of wealth? You know, it can be two or three things, you know, um, for me, um, one of the things, you know, my son is, is starting high school, you know, so college is coming quick. You know, of course, he plays the instruments and stuff, so it's always a crossing the fingers for scholarships. And he's smart, of course, anyway, he's smart, of course. You know, but there's scholarships and things like that available, but strategy gets strategic. It's things i got to look at now. Uh, but, again, you know, take a, take a moment, write it down, you know, just make a note for yourself. What's your definition of wealth? What is it? What does that mean to you? Like I said, well, you know, at, at least two or three things to start out. And if you want more, you can add more from there. You know, so I'm I'm still learning. I'm trying to up my game. <clears throat> you know, um, I'm realizing now that uh, building wealth requires, you know, um, making good choices. You know, I mean, really, that's it's coming down to good choices. And I really, I haven't under, I haven't taken time to understand that in the past. Um, I've, I've been blessed with good job opportunities here and there, and, uh, and and you know, tricking off money, balling out, having fun. You know, and not necessarily making bad choices, but not making wise choices, making choices towards the future. Not really looking at that, just living at the day to day, right? But you know. Now, um, I think it's very necessary to, to, to share this information with, with, you know, with our children um, and making sure that they're aware that they're knowledgeable on what to do with their money. You know, also learning the language, too. Like, I'm trying to understand all this language. Um, numbers, I'm cool with numbers, but this language and understanding that, you know, it's, it's taking some time, um, you know, do you know what your net worth is? And what is your net worth? What's my net worth? And what are my assets and liabilities looking like? What kind of assets do you have? Maybe when you're writing down these notes, these are things you can think about and, you know, start to outline some, some things. 
Um, we're talking about wealth. You know, what's your assets looking like? What's your savings looking like? Do you have access to a retirement plan? Um, you know, what's up with your house? Um, are you into stocks? Maybe we can get a little bit into that tonight. Uh, what kind of wealth-creating assets do you have? Wealth-creating assets do you have? Um, having a car, I had, had, you know, had an opportunity and I was blessed with, with buying a new car, which helped me to work on my credit because now I owe money. They say the way that you build credit is that you put yourself in debt. But um, unfortunately, a car, though, helped me with my credit, but it's not really – it doesn't create assets because – the value of, you know, vehicles depreciate, right? So these are things I had to learn. Uh, liabilities, you know, mortgage, credit balances, car loans, stuff like that. Um, so these are things that I'm having to learn about, you know. Um, taking time to create a uh, balance sheet and listing my assets and liabilities. And there's a lot of apps out there, too, that can help you with that. Uh, break down your spending habits, uh, things of that nature. But one other thing that you may want to think about um, what's your goal? We've talked a lot on this show about goals. You know, so what are your financial goals? We've talked about physical goals. Remember I had that goal where every month I was going to do some exercise or activities using the number 20 and things like that. I need to do that again. Um, you know, we, we've, we, we've talked about goals uh, of passing and honoring the day, right? We've talked about goals, um, spirit, you know, different spiritual goals, mental goals, physical goals. What kind of financial goals do you have? So these are things that I'm learning as I'm building my personal strategy, my personal wealth creation strategy, Um and these are just some of the things that I, I wanted to share with you here. So if you've got some things that you've been working on or maybe you've got some um, um, ways of uh, that you've been able to adapt during COVID, um, business owner, oh, man, I forgot about that, business owners, we also offer the opportunity for business owners to call in and talk about your business as well. So give me a call, 516 453 6094 and press 1 to get in the queue. We're at the top of the hour here. I'm going to take a second to um, get the rest of these thoughts together as we dive into the next hour here on the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show. Again, I hope everybody's doing well tonight, and I always appreciate you all coming in and kicking us with us, kicking it with us on Thursdays. This is the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show.
right, welcome back. <laughs> Again, our number is five one six four five three six zero nine four. What is your financial goal? So last night, yeah, yeah. So I, last night, um, I, I've mentioned last night a couple of times. It's it's still amazing how doing these shows with my dad is so cool, and they're so um, the way that they kind of blend together is quite interesting. Um, so last night we were talking about some things. We had a caller come in, and um, we were talking about um, I'm just trying to find the um, sorry about that. So we were talking about um, after the um, Emancipation Proclamation was signed by Lincoln. Um, like what happened after Lincoln got assassinated? Because everybody was um, working on getting land. You've heard the term 40 acres and a mule. Um, Okay, so... um, they really were working and had an opportunity to um, get that 40 acres and a mule. Um, After Lincoln was assassinated, Andrew uh, Jackson pretty much took away those opportunities that they had. And um, ah, here we go. (laughs) Um, There was a uh, field order uh, special field order number 15. Um, and through this, that's where the 40 acres and a mule uh, phrase came from. So special field orders number 15. And um, it's just, I just wanted to interject this brief piece of history because it seems like since then, you know, we talk about, well, the plight of black Americans since slavery. And let's look at a particular time, 1865 then. Let's go to 1865. And what happened in 1865? And here we are with this opportunity for slaves to get land, um, free black slaves, an opportunity to settle on land in Georgia and South Carolina. You know, 40,000 of free black people who settled in over 400,000 acres of land. But, you know, then these lands belong to the plantation, the rice plantation owners. And then, um, you know, they had some protection, but then, um, you know, you had problems of getting papers and all the the rigmarole that they needed, uh, the paperwork and their legalities. And then you got Andrew Jackson, Johnson, excuse me, Andrew Johnson, who will return the field order. And it just seems like, you know, since then, <laughs> I mean, you talk about since slavery, I mean, it's been one issue after another, especially about getting land or finding that common ground or dealing with the the 
stress disorder of economics. Um, just thought that was really interesting, and um, I'm glad that we um, talked about that last night. And again, check out uh, check out me and my dad on Wednesday nights on here on Blog Talk Radio, dysfunctional by design, 7 p.m. Wednesday nights. Um, yeah. So look that up if you have an opportunity. Um, unfortunately, Daddy, um, Dad's not in the chat room, and he keeps hitting me up, I think, on my phone. Um, but I, I won't be able to uh, check out your comments until uh, until we get to another break. Then maybe I'll have a chance to see what you got. Uh, but, again, you can give us a call, press 1, or join in the chat room as well. Uh, share any thoughts you have towards wealth. Uh, you know, what are your what does wealth mean to you? Uh, what are some things that you're doing to work in, on your financial goals? Maybe some things that you're doing may be able to help us. Are you a um, business owner? Uh, also let us know. Give us a call. Um, I'd love to figure out how um, I would love to use this opportunity to better support uh, people's businesses as well. So, yeah, give us a call. So, you know, we were talking about setting goals. Um, you know, what are your financial goals? And like I said, we've been talking about goals here for a while, here on the show. Um, setting goals, you know, will definitely help in determining, you know, your budget and how you're saving for the future. So if you if you bear with me here, I just wanted to also – uh, maybe give some other suggestions and can share some things that I've been picking up on uh, that I've been um, bettering you know, myself with and learning about as I've been going into this uh, whole thing is knowledge and learning about money and investing and things like that. So right now I'm working on my goals and working on my budget. And again, I'm using a couple of apps, for example, um, you know, um, Credit Karma is good, uh, depending on what bank you got. Uh, I believe Chase and Bank of America can give you a breakdown of your spending uh, and, and even categorize it. Uh, some of the other big banks can do that for you too. So sometimes you don't even have to do a lot of work. It's already done for you. And the advancement of technology. Um, so right now, as I mentioned, you know, like Jackson, for example, is in first year in high school. Um, so, you figure that any goals that I have for Jackson coming out of high school is pretty much like a short term, if you will. So, and, and what you talked about where knowledge is uh, learning the language is really also ideal as you're setting these goals, as you're working on your budget, you're trying to figure out spending and things like that. Uh, looking at short-term goals and long-term goals. So short-term goals is about five years. Uh, long-term, of course, is longer than that. Um, so, again, one other thing for you to think about as we're dealing with COVID, as we're making these adjustments, what are your short-term goals? How do you define your short-term goals? How do you define your long-term goals? What's your short-term for you? What's your long-term for you? Again, I know there's some business owners out there. I know there's some people working on investing. Uh, maybe you're in some susus. Maybe you're in some money pooling. Uh, maybe you're in some network marketing. Um you know, so what are those short-term and long-term goals looking like as you're investing or as you're saving or as you're adjusting during this COVID time? Um, I'm going to take a moment here to jump in the queue. I believe this is my dad. 
I think. I think it is. Good evening. How are you doing tonight? Hey, can you hear me all right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, how you doing tonight? Still too early to tell. Is it too yeah. early to tell? For me, it's too early to tell. Check back with me at midnight, and I'll know if I made it through the day. <laughs> that's so stupid. <laughs> anyway, that's just what I, you know, that's, that's my brand, man. That's, you know, that's just my brand. So you don't have any any folks waiting to be queued in, man? You just brought me in. No, the, just you, man. Distracting. You hit one. I thought you had something to to say. <laughs> well, yeah, but I didn't want to, you know, I always got something to say. I just don't know if it's ever re- relevant until it's too late, you know. Um, you, you, ask a, you ask a lot of questions about um, a single topic, you know, and I don't know how many of them are answerable, you know, because I don't know, you know, what uh, you even, even mentioned goals. I don't know what. If I thought about me, I don't know what my goals would be that would have to do with money before having to do with something I want, you know. And and so I I don't know how to regulate the two in, in, in a single thought. I don't know how to have goals for money without having goals to purchase something. And I don't know which one would come first. I'm, for me, I'm thinking what I want would come first, and then how I would attain it would come next. But if it's a matter of um, having money as a security or having money as for some future endeavor, then, you know, yeah, for me it would be a matter of, okay, first of all, who do I know who knows about investments because that's where I would need to first be taught, you know, and if I'm looking at it from a um, cultural perspective, then I would need to research what black investors are available. And then from them, you know, get an understanding of which ones I'm in pursuit of that can help me better understand exactly what I'm trying to do. Otherwise, I just have this one idea about money, and then I'm all over the place chasing it. And that Mm -hmm. in itself, to me, is the greater problem for the black community. We have no idea, you know, in my mind, what the real value of money is in the black community. How long does the money stay in the black community? And where does the money go if it's not in the black community? And I don't think we have any, any understanding of where our dollar really goes. It doesn't matter to me. To me, it doesn't matter how much we make, how much we generate, if we have no collective account of where it goes. And, and, and that, to me, is the basic problem that we as a culture are contending with. We don't know how to teach what we don't know. And we don't know the money market. We just don't know it. You know, now there are those who obviously do because they're, you know, black folks who work in, in finance or banks or play the market or whatever the case may be. But we have this general, to me, we have this general conception of money as if money's the key. And I'm not sure I agree with that. You know, and, and I think what the keys are 
sometimes needs to take precedence over where money focus and money management will come into play. I'll give you an example of what I mean. There's, 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 a, there's, there's many wealthy black athletes, male and female, and there are many middle-class black athletes, upper-class, upper-middle, you know. Um, and there are many mid-range um, professional black athletes, but very few black athletes, professional, who are poor, unless they just have mismanaged their money. But I don't know if there's an understanding, like if, if you look at a, a black athlete's contract where they're making millions of dollars, that's their contract, and how that contract is broken down. I'm not too sure there's a clear understanding of um, how that money is spent. Somebody knocking at my door. That's it, true. And I think without that understanding, then we don't really have a clear dialogue because, like, we think about a black athlete. Let's say, I don't know, I'm not going to pick on a name. A black athlete who has a multimillion-dollar contract. You know, we don't even have an understanding of how that contract breaks down, and that's not information shared. We don't have an understanding of, of what the budget is, how that money is spent. How could an athlete, like, let's take an Allen Iverson. How can an athlete like that who's, made millions of dollars, wind up broke. I mean, what happened that caused him to, to be broke? We can say, ah, man, if I had that, I had that, I had that. But we don't know anything about money. We just don't know anything about it. So we have this magic bullet mentality that if I had a lot of money, I'd do a lot of things. But, you know, I would love to see our approach toward the whole idea of generating money start at the basics like teaching our children who aren't great athletes but who have athletic ability or athletic understanding or some kind of connection with sports, how to become agents, you know, as an example. Like that should just be as, as, as much on the plate as being great at, at dribbling, the crossover or whatever, you know, like, you know, like, one or two options. Are you looking at basketball and are you looking at being an agent? So if you're not good at one, have invested in the other. So when you're in school, part of your, part of your um, scholarship is going to be classes on money management. Yeah, and not waiting for the NBA to teach you how to manage your money when you're a rookie. It's too late then. This is something you need to learn. You know, but then that means that we have to have an understanding of it in the household. And here comes the second problem when it comes to money. Having, a, having parents agree, and, well, I'll just stop right there. Having parents agree, you know, and, um, oh, man, I just think, I don't know if, if we can, I, can have, I can come up with a, a solution to an idea of, of, of generating ideas about money management when it's very clear to me that, you know, we don't have an understanding of money, period, as far as right. what, what it means. Like, you know, I'm thinking back in the 60s about and how the, um, how, the, uh, how, how the Muslim movement, you know, behind Elijah Muhammad, you know, who, you know, actually 
I won't say stole the idea from Wally Farrar, but it's imagine it's, it's amazing that Wally Farrar disappeared. Nobody knows what happened to him, and all of a sudden Elijah Poole became Elijah Muhammad. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, he had some ideas about the value of having land, the value of having your own businesses, the value of understanding how to grow your own food and how to eat right to live. But, of course, all of that went up in flames because of sibling rivalry, infighting, and some some sexual scandals. You know, so we're still left with with um, with an empty blueprint after all these years. You know, like, um, yeah, I think it's great that, that, that black businesses talk about, you know, the value of supporting black businesses, but I'm not sure we even know what that means. What does it mean to support a black business? What is the kind of support they're looking for? For us to just come in and spend money in their shops or understanding what we're trying to generate as a collection of black businesses, which to me would mean employment or community services or something other than just making somebody who has a shop rich. You know, I, we don't have these dialogues, man. You know, we don't have a, a clear, like you, you mentioned about the NBA, you know, um, donating so much money for certain services in the black community. What black community? How many black folks in whatever communities that are being targeted know how to even access some type of uh, listing that shows where the money's going and what types of services are being made available? Is it even available in our community? Is it available, available in their community? You know, do we have a network of understanding with the NBA or any other major franchise that says that they're donating so much money to the black community, do we even know what that community is? You know, I mean, if you're donating a million dollars a year to the black community, there's a lot of black community. And pretty soon that million dollars becomes like $10 if we're talking about covering every black community. And then what makes a black community? So, you know, I I, I just, I think that this, it's a, without getting right into the basics of, uh, uh, what we expect money to do, you know, I, I don't know if, if wealth or an idea of wealth can be a, uh, a clearly defined statement, you know, just have a lot of shit, <laughs> excuse my language, you know, you know, well, you know, we know, you know be, able, that, yeah. be able to buy everything I want, I mean, you know, and, and then not want it, you know, I don't know, I, I you know, I, I doubt if one of my ex-wives is listening tonight, so she won't know that I'm making reference to her. But I remember uh-huh. we were having an argument about, and an ongoing argument, about financial security. And finally, I just asked her, how much money does she need before she would feel financially secure? And she gave me this look that I'll never forget. And I'm not sure what it said, but I never get it, you know. But it was clear to me that it was a question that could not be answered. So then the question is, so how can you just continue to worry about something you can never satisfy? You know, if if it's going to be, if finances is going to be a concern, the question has to be what has to happen to address that concern so that, issue, that insecurity doesn't get in the way of everything else in the home. 
And I think therein lies the greater problem that we have so much financial fear or anxiety that it just bleeds over to the other things that you asked the question earlier. You know, the other areas that we're very wealthy in, but because it doesn't include money, we just kind of, yeah, right, yeah, right, I'm wealthy in debt because, you know, because we got food on the table and, and everybody got clothes on their back. Well, yeah, that is something to yep. recognize is, you know, or, 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 or we're clear, we're children of God and, and we stand firm. Well, that is important to understand, but that wealth and spirit doesn't mean anything if you sacrifice it for worry about money. You know, then right. money becomes the God, you know, and, and certainly money is who I serve. So I think that, you know, um, as we, like, I'm just thinking, I was listening to what you were saying about what, you know, what these pro organizations, whether it's football, basketball, whatever, what they should be doing and how they should be supporting, you know, black athletes, look, man, I know there's something wrong with my thinking, so let me hurry up and say that first, you know. There's my disclaimer. Black athletes are not slaves, even though there is a slave mentality tied into this money that somehow requires that they shut the hell up, you know, and a few step on out there because, you know, they've been around so long and they have such such an impact on the sport that, you know, they're not going to be shut down. But it's very clear that their influence isn't strong enough that everybody behind them is following what they say. It's still, well, yeah, you can talk like that because you've been in here for 16 years. you got all this security. But I'm just starting out. And after you're gone, what's going to happen to me? And, you know, I still remember Craig Hodges and what happened to him. Best three-point shooter the Bulls ever had. But he started talking that black stuff. And suddenly, Craig Hodges was never heard from again. You know, he started wearing his kufis and started wearing his dashikis and, you know, and he started talking economic pride and economic. He started talking all that stuff, you know, before the Colin Kaepernick's and the rest of them. But, you know, he was on Mike Jordan's team. It wasn't Michael Jordan talking about it. It was Craig Hodges. And Mike didn't jump out there and say, you know, support Craig. You know, Mike jumped out there and said support Nike. (laughs) <laughs> you know, right. so Craig was gone, you know, and he wound up, you know, trying to coach um, a college in Chicago, but, you know, that wasn't who he was. He was a three-point shooter, man. He won the three-point contest, you know, but yeah, we, we'll hear about Steve Kerr, but we'll never hear about Craig Hodges again. No. You know, and, and so, you know, it's like black athletes, you know, need to understand. They have a great op- – well, they don't have to understand, and they obviously don't understand. They have a greater obligation to the communities that raised them than anybody else from those communities do. You know, and if black athletes just adopted the communities they were raised in, you know, what it could do financially for those communities, just that alone. Like so much, what, 10%, 5%, 1% of those multimillion-dollar contracts go to the community of the athletes choosing to be dealt with by designated people of the community. You know, take the, take the, the agent's responsibility is just to write the contract up that way. You know, that's all. And so for every dollar I make as a black athlete, some percent of that is going to go back to the community of my choosing, preferably the one that raised me. You know, things like that. 
you know, um, I think it's, it, you know, like you, you, you threw out a couple name banks. You know, I think we need to reshift our thinking about that, and maybe we need to reshift and, and take advantage of the, of, the, of the money that black athletes have and start looking at doing two things, you know, building stronger chains of black banks and creating black credit cards man, that come from those black banks. See, that's, that to me is how we start finding, you know, these themes of financial independence and, and how we start shifting this credit rating thing more to our favor because as it is right now, you know, there's still too much um, credit manipulation being done to black um, consumers, you know, who pay a price, you know, for rates and, and premiums just because they show up black. You know, but we start, we start making an impact on the money market, then the money market is going to have to acquiesce. But right now we're not because we don't have an understanding. We don't have a mental understanding of a dollar. We don't close our eyes and see a dollar and how it's being divided and what pieces of the pie of that dollar is going here, there, or otherwise. We don't have an understanding of that. That's not something that... You know, we're taught. I remember in high, I was in high school. I had a class. It was um, was it economics or something like that. And I remember the black teacher. First of all, he really had an issue with black folks. <laughs> he had rightfully so. And this is like in the mid '60s. You know, I'm in, sitting in this economics class, and and dude is saying, you know, he drew a pie up on the on the chalkboard. Yeah, we called them chalkboards back then. You know, green board with white chalk. And he grew a pot, drew a pie up there, and he said, the idea is to divide this pie up, you know, in, in, in necessary parts where it lines up equal, equaling 100%. And he said, okay, this much of the pie, and he said, it's all based on your income. So he put the income at just some amount of money at the top. He said, okay, now this is the money we have. Now let's see how this is going to be divided. And so the long and the short of it is like, he had over 50% designated for entertainment because he said, because that's how we do. We, you know, we invest more in entertainment than anything else. And he just ragged us teenagers about that. And what, you know, we were teenagers. We weren't parents. So we thought about what little money we had. He's right. He was right yeah. from that perspective because we didn't have any, what little, you know, our parents paid for everything, you know, and, and so our money did go for our own, our own, our own uh, vices, you know, whether it was, you know, some $10 Converse gym shoes and $10 was a lot of money back then, you know, and, you know, sure. but we didn't have an understanding, you know, and it would, you know, it would have been to me so much more of an effective class. And then I shut up, man. It, it, it would have been so much more, and it could still be so much more of an effective class if the topic was not about, how money is being spent by me as a teenager, but how money is being spent in our home, you know, mm -hmm. and that means having a conversation with my parents. That means yeah. getting an understanding about what money we actually have in the household and how it's being spent and where yeah. it's being spent, you know. Uh, so anyway, man, that, you know, I'm sorry for, I think it's, a, it, this is to me, this is the kind of unilateral conversation that needs to happen first, you know, and it has to start first to me from, you know, who sits at the top of the, of the family pyramid, you know, dad and mom, mom and dad, you know, and 
how much money is generated in our household and yeah. starting right there with mom and dad, you know, and or, or single parent, you know, where does that money go? You know. Um, yeah. Yep. Anyway, man, that's all I, you know, I, so I apologize. No, great point. I, I appreciate it. Great point. Uh, I, I made sure I made some uh, other notes here, you know, because like I said, I want to keep this conversation going. I don't expect this to be the end. Amen. Of it. Uh, yeah. You know, I expect to come yeah. right back next week. Uh, you know, yeah. and look at those things. Yeah. So I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for thank I'll, you for that. Let me say this. Let me say this last thing before you mute me. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it would be great, and 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 there's no reason why the research can't be done. You know. It would be great to research, you know, the amount of wealth generated by black athletes in each of the given major sports. You know, mm-hmm. just, you know, not necessarily, you know, taking an individual's name, but just looking at the breakdown of, you know, wealth, the, genera- the, the, gener- the, the amount of money that's, you know, that is paid, you know, and, and how it's broken down over the course of their career, you know, and take just looking at the hard dollars, you know, before we even get into, you know, the hundreds and thousands of dollars that are spent on a $50, you know, a a $5 million home with 50 rooms and it's only three people living in it, you know, just, I don't know. And, And understanding, yeah, okay, you might be able to pay that house off with one big failed swoop, but what are the property taxes for some crib that size? You know, that ask MC Hammer about that. That's what did him in. Right. It wasn't the crib; it was the property taxes. Yeah, he's making like the struggles here in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. You know. So yeah. anyway, you know, those, those are the things I think. Like you mentioned, you know, the key things like you know, like having a home. You know, like we have relatives that have paid for their homes. But they still their property taxes continue to go up to the point to where they have to hope that the housing market can compensate for how much the property taxes are going to be on top of the cost of the credit, because that's the killer, the property taxes. Yeah, so. yeah property taxes. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. You know, and, All then, right. and then what? You know, and then are there uh, banks in the hey, in the black community? Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm a, I have to. I have to kind of cut you off a little bit because I want to get some other callers in the queue here. Um, oh, they but can you're right about and so, No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Go ahead, man. All right, all right. Let me. Let me. Yeah, you're right. Don't try to answer. Don't try to talk about all this in one fell swoop. All right, yeah, man. We thanks, for need, so, me, yeah, we, thanks for letting we, me. Yeah, Thanks for letting me go, man. All right, I'll holler. Take care. Great all right, show. I know where you're at. I know where you're at. If I need you, I'll bring you back. <laughs> all right. Appreciate it, man. Love you. We're going to keep it going, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, next call in the queue here. You'll hear the unmuted sound. Thank you for calling the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show. How are you doing tonight? Hi there. Hello. Hello. Hey, welcome. Can you hear me? Yep. Oh, okay. I was like, make sure I can be heard. Hey there. Nice show. Thought I'd uh, lend myself. So, uh, listening to it, and I and I thought about it again, and I think I've had this conversation with maybe you and quite a few other people that I know. And um, I always say that we we're fighting the segregated black people, brown people. 
poor people. We're we're fighting a segregated war with an integrated thought process and mindset. Because the mass global community, they think of money as things, bills and legacy. We think of money as flash and blinging and excuse me for lack of a better term, shitting on other people. That's what we think. You know, mm-hmm. as long as we got the freshest this, you know, they got a song out saying, I'm going to be fresh as hell in the feds watching. For what? <laughs> so you can go to jail, Fred? Right. <laughs> I don't have any children. So my money is for things and bills. Right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. I got a legacy I got to live. I got a legacy I got to leave as well as live. So whatever I make or whatever I accumulate in this life, it got to be worth something for somebody down the line to appreciate and or um, sell. So you look at the greater artists in in our time. um, They weren't worth anything. They died penniless. Biggie Small, that's recent. But we're talking about, like, you know, of old. Monet, Mozart, you know. These people didn't live the lavish lifestyles we think they live. They lived a very, you know, griot, you know, back alley kind of um, lifestyle. And I remember being in um, I, being in the situation, and, and, and uh, a woman told me, you know, like you, you know, my name Tanya, um, you were impoverished, and I was like clutching my neck and my pearls because I was never impoverished. Impoverished is bare bottom ass to the ground. I've never been that. Um, I've always had a meal and, you know, a safe place to live and be, and we had the best fun. And I didn't know I was poor until I was grown because poverty didn't mean money to me and my family. Poverty meant, you know, desolate and destitute and no family and, you know, out on your own and alone. That's what mm-hmm. poverty means. But if money is only bills and things, so yeah. things our experiences strip to, you know, you see the world or whatever. But a legacy. So what do I leave behind? Well, first of all, I have no children. But I do have a family. So most affluent people, their legacy is their home. They leave behind, paid off with a, um, a, a trust for the taxes for the next 10 or 20 years, maybe 100, because some families do that. They take their monies that they leave behind and put in trust for taxes so that their family can just not worry about that deal. And then they also have, you know, um, finances that they leave behind, two and seven and eight million dollar policies of insurance policies for their families to upstart them. And then you have those people who take that money and do wonderful things with and give their children before they're even of age millions of dollars to propel them to from a black community with the cotton fabric of our lives, commercial slavery, we didn't have that legacy left. So everybody who left a legacy black in this country in the last 100 years, nobody helped them. And the help that they got was family. Yeah. He had no plans for money. No plan. Oh, you know what our plan for money is? We're going to be fresh as hell when the feds watch. 
we don't even understand that the rich people that want the stuff that we really want and covet don't pay for it. They give it to them and take pictures with them, and they don't walk away with that stuff. They just get the pictures. And, yeah, we don't understand money, Mark. But we know people who do, and we need to be more trusted. But, you know, the system was set up for us not to trust each other. We are fighting a segregated war with an integrated mindset. That's an interesting statement. I'm glad you said it again because I'm trying to write it down. We are fighting a segregated war with an integrated mindset. This is a separate war. We're fighting poverty from a black end with no assistance, no legacy, no money, nothing. So they say, pull your ass up from your bootstraps. We ain't had no boots. They had boots. We had dirt. Wait a minute, though. So I'm going to quote somebody who's not from this country, yet even his thoughts that comes to in the art of war. It is said that if you know your enemies and know yourself, you will be in peril in 100 battles, which means you get 100 battles. If you do not know your enemies but do know yourself, you will win one and they will lose one. If you do not know your enemies nor yourself, you will be in peril in every single battle. Yeah. Yeah, and that and goes back to so uh, knowing, their, knowing your community, too. You know, does our community know itself? And, and that, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I cut you off. No, you're absolutely correct. This is a dialogue for me, not a monologue. This is absolutely yeah. correct. You know, um, your father talks about, you know, Elijah Muhammad and uh, Farrar Muhammad, you know, who in, influenced Elijah, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, to do his thing. But the reality of it is, even Elijah Muhammad was a separatist. And so oh, even though he taught separatism, people still mistook that for integration, and it wasn't. Because even he was separatist. Because the nation's money was his. And his fruit. And he encouraged you to go out and do your thing and bear your own fruit. See, in a mass global community... Money pays for family and things and bills and legacies. In our community, money pays for status and power and women and sex and drugs and Instagram and Facebook and bullshit. We've got to step our game up. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Got to get wired. A lot of understanding involved. A lot of understanding involved. And I'm 50, trying to leave a legacy. For who? Somebody else's kids. Why? Because it's important. It's important that my next generation and my family, you know, they'll get my photos and my books, and they'll end up with that. It may not be worth anything today or the next 10 years, but in the next 50 years, I may be dead. It may be worth millions. We gotta be careful what we put out in the world. We gotta be careful what we spend in the world. The most important thing we spend is not money, because the money that we spend with the print on it itself means not a damn thing. It's just currency for things and bills and stuff. 
legacy. See, we think yep. bills and stuff. They think legacy. We got to think legacy. I'm not a fan mm-hmm. of Jay-Z, nor his. Because he could have been teaching this crap long ago. Not crap. He could have been teaching the truth a long time ago, but he monopolized on the crap in order for him to get to the point where he could talk about the legacy thing. Because, see, although he's leaving a legacy for him and his, he ain't leaving no legacy for us and ours. It's time for us to do what he said to Take that 99 cent and make it a legacy. If you're a photographer, take pictures. If you're a singer, sing. Whatever artistry you do, do it. Catalog it, write it, produce it, publish it, copyright it, LLC it. Put your name on it. You love yeah, it, see, put your name on it. See, those things that, that you're talking about, uh, that, that's definitely some things that we can continue talking about in this series. You know, you are a published author. You are a self-published author. You know, it's those kind of things and that endeavor that you went through um, that is worth talking about when it comes to establishing a legacy, just what you're talking about, right? You know, or or how, you know, you use, how you use, you know, your your profits or your, you know, you looked at your assets and liabilities and used that net worth and how you use it to flip it, how you use it to flip it to get more books, right? Or, you know, all these little things that you've gone through, um, are these things that I definitely feel that we can continue to talk about in weeks ahead. Um, and we, as we talk more about strategy, I'm glad you brought up the art of war. You know me and my uh, Eastern philosophies and influence. So, yeah, that's some great points you brought up, Tanya. I appreciate you calling in, man. Thank you. Uh, it's your first time calling this season. Thank you for uh, chiming in on that. Well, I mean, this information is uh, – it's given freely in other communities, and it's held right, right to the chest and, and out. And it's held tight well, to the chest in all of our communities. Why? Because we think we're losing something if we share it. But black folks, and I ain't talking about nobody, but black folks, because the poll was done and the, the numbers are right. Black folks spend $3.6 trillion annually on shit. Yep. Yep. And so uh, we're not going to be holding nothing here to the chest on our show. That's that's the whole point. We're going to be we're going to be sharing it and giving it out. So yeah, again, I, I appreciate you. We got about uh, twelve minutes left. I'm gonna go to this one last caller here. Caller here. Um, Ready? I'm sorry, you. I can see breaking up now. <laughs> All right, I couldn't hear it too. I'm sorry, it was kind of breaking up a little bit. But, uh, again, thank you, Tanya. we got about 12 minutes left here. I want to hit this last caller, give them some time to share their thoughts as well. I appreciate your patience, and thanks for calling in tonight. How are you doing tonight? Well and yourself, sir. Hey, hey, I'm doing well, man, hey, doing well. I'll go. Good, 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 good. Um, you know, I've, I've sat here and I've listened to Pops. I've listened to Tanya and all all valid points. Um. And I'll, I'll be real quick. You know, I, I come from a very, very humble family. Very, very humble. I mean, cotton, cotton fields. Everybody has a story, similar story. And I'm when when Tanya talks about having nothing, we had my family had nothing, nothing, nothing. But they knew hard work. They knew how to save a dollar. 
and really i think uh as as a community i think that's where we start and we start with how to save and you know your father alluded to it your tanya alluded to it once we get money how do i mean we're just so quick to to my mother used to always say um it's burning your pockets <laughs> you know you get a dollar and it burns your pockets uh but how do we get to a point where we're not constantly uh consumers and and we're saving and we don't have to do what the joneses do and i i, I come from uh you know from a line of thinking of you know i may not have everything i i want but i got everything i need and mm-hmm. and really really as a as a parent, as a as a as a as a married guy, uh, my goal is to when we talk about not necessarily wealth, um, but just making sure I don't pass on. I want to teach them about the value of a dollar to set them up for no debt. You know, I, I think that as parents, uh, we gift our kids debts in a lot of different ways. When parents. Go, you know, when they demise, we give them the debt of bearing. How do, how are we gonna bury you? <laughs> it's because they never they never provided the right uh, means for us to do that. And, and probably, you know, it's like generational. Um, but we pass on debt. Uh, and how do we eliminate that? And you do it by by planning ahead and saying, you know what, I don't need all of that right now. You know, and just being extremely disciplined. And uh, I heard Steve Harvey say tell a story one time about. Uh, a conversation about a conversation with his father. And he said, uh, how do I, how do I, how do I, uh, I want to help this, this man that's, that's on the streets and, and, uh, and I, and I just don't know how to help him. And his father told him was like, don't be one of them. <laughs> you know? And so the best way for you to help somebody is, is one, get your own and get, a, get in a position where you can start, um, uh, create opportunities for other people. And the only way you can do that is by start saving and having a plan. There's tons of resources out there, tons, think and grow rich. There's, I mean, they got tons of, and so rather than, I mean, I'm all about resources, but I can't ask somebody to help me if I'm not willing to help myself. So you got to change your mindset. You got to go out there and be willing to put in the work to read and, and really do your due diligence and not, uh, you know, guidance is only good as if you have some sort of context to it. You know, it's kind of like street smart and book smart. So you get, you got the you got to have the book smart. It's kind of the uh, street smart, and vice versa. They 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 mesh they mesh very well. But um, I'm probably all over the place. But uh, you know, here here are my takeaways. Are you good? In thirty, mm-hmm. 30 seconds or less. Um, it's a mindset. Um, it's a mindset. You know, I, I have friends that come from different kinds of backgrounds, parents, parents that were there, parents that taught. Um, and some of them are self-made millionaires. Some of them are really comfortable and some of them are, are, are not doing nothing at all. And it, it's really about a mindset and what you, you, um, you, you want for yourself and you go out there and get it. And after that, you can start talking about how to help helping the community. After that, you can start talking about jobs. After that, you can start uh, talking about keep creating a dollar that's going to stay within the community two, three times or four times or ten times. Uh, but until we can kind of get in a, a position where we're not constantly spending and that we're okay with saving and okay with saying no in those right spaces, um, we're, we're, we're doomed to fall to our own vices, man. And so – you know, social media just makes everything look like it's instant. You know, I go do this and I, I can get an instant this. And right. and really anything that's, that comes to you that way, ain't, it's not going to last. 
and I, you know, I've, I've, tr- I've tried it a bunch of times, and I'm sure certain your, some of your listeners have. But anything right. that that comes quick is doomed to fa- doomed to fail. So you put in the work, yeah. put in the plan, and you know, plan the work, work the plan, and uh, and change your mindset. That that those are my 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 things. You know, I've I've not always been the best, but I, I'm getting there. Um, and here's. <laughs> Here's 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 one last piece, and I and I always not tell tell anybody this. Life insurance, man, that is the best. And get it, get it. A, a man told me a long time, Uncle Joe, more specifically. He told me, get life insurance and get as much as you can while you're in good health. And if you can do that and maintain maintain that, then you'll be good. There's a lot of different things you can play off of with uh, life insurance. And so, yeah. Yeah, you do those three things and be disciplined in it, then you'll you'll be straight. All right, I'm out. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your your ear. I appreciate your uh you allowing me to speak to your people for just a little bit. I, I appreciate that, man. Life insurance thing too. Good 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 point there. And it is a mindset, man. Before before you go though, I, I did want to put you on the spot here. We got a got a few few minutes left. And just real cool. quick, uh, um one of the things that that my dad and, and Tanya and I think we all you know talk can agree on is uh, what kind of discussions are we having at the home? Are we having with you know if we have children in front of us or, or right. students or what have you in schools or whatever? So uh, I, I have this opportunity to have you on the show here tonight and just very briefly, you know, if we could take a, a small peek into you know what <laughs> kind of discussion, what kind of discussion you know. Oh. Um, I, you know what kind I, of example I, I, might you bless us with? Listen, listen. I keep it. I keep it real, real, real. One hundred. I, I give the same lesson that my mother gave me. She would um, put the bills on the table and put the put the put the check on the table, and like this is how I'm, this is how I'm gonna do it. And in the same voice, this is this is what I do with my family. Like my girls, I tell them, hey, this is what what is it, these are the, this is what's coming in. This is what's going out. Now, what do you do? How do you make it work? And then we play games. I'll, I'll give them, hey, you know, things may get tight. You got $20. You go, let me see you go grocery shopping. Let me see you gro- go grocery shopping for a week off $20. And, they'll, you know, they'll go down and go get, you know, all these Takis and all this crap. <laughs> <laughs> that, that ain't going to sustain you. That, those are not going to sustain you. So then we start having conversation about diet and, and what, what are some healthy healthy things. And then now, now I give them $20 and they know exactly where to go. They go produce, they go veggies, they go protein. And so they're starting to see how, how to plan a meal off a little of nothing, how to stretch it and stretch it and, and make and do with what you got. And sometimes it means that I can't go to dinner with friends or I can't go to this, or it's just, it may look different. And so being okay and, and saying no in those right times, man, because I'm, I, t- I always tell them, save, save, save. You never know what's going to happen. So those right. are some, some real, real quick things. And then last thing is um, we, uh, we, 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 we use uh, like debit cards and just really in the form of just so that she can get in the habit of um, the, the concept of money and saving and so forth. And so that, that's a real, real good conversation. I get a chance to see it. We get a chance to talk about it. And, um, and, and in real time too, cause you know, she, I got an alert. She spends this amount. Oh, okay. Well, what's going on? What, what made you want to buy this at this time when you know you got 
college on the loom, on the, on the, on, you know, on the horizon. So, oh um, but we, we constantly have conversation and, I, and to your point and to your pe- to people that are listening, it's not a one-time conversation. It's a conversation where you plant the seed and you got to water it and, and you go and go to another type of conversation, but sent in very in the sim- similar lens of finances. And so then you come back to savings, then you come back to life insurance, then you come back to investment. So I applaud you for, for taking a swing at a very, very broad topic. Um, yeah. but be okay with okay. just, you know, planting the seed and walking away from it and then going somewhere else and then coming back to it. Um, but it's not a one-time conversation. And so I, I challenge you and your listeners to uh, come with ideas and, and how we can be better as a whole, as individuals, as a community. Boom. There it is. All right, brother. All right, Thank I'm you the, so much for chiming right. in, man. All right. Ain't no thing. I appreciate it, man. Uh-oh. Oh, no, no, mute, mute me again. You're right. Mute me. Mute me. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right, bro. All right, brother. Thank you, man. All right. All right, hey, cool. Thank you. Uh, thank you, uh, Tanya. Thank you, Dad, for chiming in as well. Those of you that were peeking in and out on the chat room, um, uh, and those of you that were trying to jump in and listen to the show may have got kicked out and things like that. I appreciate you coming back in and being patient through all the um, – the issues that we have here, and but sharing this knowledge and and um, man, great callers. Thank you so much again for for calling. And so yeah, I mean, this is not anything I expect us to get done in one night. Uh, we will be bringing the discussions of wealth and money and success and what is that looking like in our homes and our communities. Uh, so many great points to 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 uh, to add on to our discussions. Uh, hopefully, you all have these pen and pads handy. Had some questions, maybe. You uh, questions you had and maybe some answer to some questions or maybe some insight or some things that were suggested in our talk tonight. So uh, that's what we do here every week, uh, either Dysfunctional by Design or the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show here on Blog Talk Radio, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time every Wednesday and Thursdays. You can find us here. Um, so much more that we can discuss about money, uh, but again, what are those discussions looking like? And we talked about goals, so you know, in many ways, very similar to those physical goals or the spiritual and mental goals we talk about. Remember, when you're dealing with goals, remember to be flexible. Don't be so hard on yourself. Goals can change, right? And just be realistic. You know, the tribe just said he's real. You know, be realistic with it. These are the expenses. This is the income. Um, so wish you all the best. Please be safe out there. Please be best. Uh, be blessed. Excuse me. Uh, be safe. Take care of each other. We'll do it again uh, next Wednesday and Thursday here on Wall Talk Radio. We'll talk to you all soon. Take care. Oh, it's still a mystery. Yeah, yeah. Please.